Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, we're back. We're back. All right, cool. Well, that's uh, that's a good opportunity. It uh, yeah, it, the stream restarted. I have a nice commercial here about cancer. It looks like <laughs> <laughs> that's cheery. For or against? Uh, unclear. It's by Amazon, so okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing yeah. it here. Okay, cool. All right, so let's use that as uh, I'll, I'll do a, a classic U smooth segue into the next section where we uh, the next article was Chinese hackers using a national data center using a watering hole attack, which this this term watering hole I'd never heard before, and it really irks me that this is actually a term. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> did you guys read about this? No, I saw the I saw the thing in the notes. It's um. Not good news, typically, when there's a watering hole attack, because that means lots of people get owned. Yeah, I, I so uh, for anyone who doesn't know what a watering hole attack is, like, I didn't know. Um, it's basically just client siding, but the target is, you know, the, the, the target serving your payload is a popular website. So you probably already know how it works. Just imagine that the target's the New York Times or something like that. What was uh, the target? I'm trying to skim the article. I still don't see it. I'm not sure they actually said. It says which... official state websites. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's... It doesn't not clarify. That's um, too much. Yeah, so uh, the hacking group Lucky Mouse, also known as Iron Tiger, Threat Group 3390, Emissary Panda, and App 27, all pretty sweet names for... They all sound like they're Chinese. <laughs> it's really like, totally covert, right? Um, yeah, uh, so they conducted this attack um, and they stole uh, like a whole bunch of stuff. And they, let's see, they began using the infected documents with the 17-year-old vulnerability that was um, released in, in 2017. It was assigned to CVE. So that's pretty good. Um, some other interesting stuff about this as well is that they uh, were running their CNC of um, Mikrotik routers that they had specifically owned just to run their CNC off. Great. <laughs> so they just oh, owned some other dude's routers. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. But the, hold on. That Gray Noise company, they, they found the upticks in the router scanning about a month or two ago, right? So we actually kind of saw the, the preparation for this attack happening in real time. A couple months ago. I wonder if this is related to that satellite hacking because they were talking about the command and control thing for accessing satellites here last week. Yeah, I don't know. That's awesome, though. If it is, pretty crazy times. Another reason yeah. to not use outdated firmware from 2016, anybody? Well, that's another. I'm actually glad I haven't used my microtech. That's an interesting thing about like when we talk about router firmwares and stuff like that. Because if you think about um, if you deploy a Cisco router and you're in a SME, like you're like uh, you know you have you got five guys on your IT team, and you happen to deploy a bunch of routers that maybe remote data centers for like IPsec endpoints or some shit like that, um, and you have nobody there to physically do the updates, and you have a whole list of shit that you have to do on your daily. 
like at what point do you decide like, oh, yeah, I'm going to upgrade, you know, iOS over this like single VPN link and then I'm going to like reconfigure it remotely, reboot it, hope that it comes up and then bring up the one on my end and hope that that comes up too. Like, so I think uh, in a lot of cases, you know, there's a lot of these uh, boxes that just don't get patched because of reasons like that. So maybe these microtics were, microtics, whatever they're called, were just hanging out because, because you know. Did you notice in the, the in Kaspersky's dissection of the attack, they pointed out that the client-side payload was, was beef, beefhook.js. And they use Metasploit, Shikata, Ganai encoding to bypass AV. Oh my Those God. are just nice. two off the shelf. Like you would expect any any enterprise antivirus would detect both of those things: Metasploit, Shikata, Ganai encoder, and Beef Hook without any obfuscation. But apparently, in this case, they both got through. That's insanity. Wait, so they use just cross-site scripting shit to do this? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. I posted a link. Awesome. They owned um they owned the national whatever it was repository data repository, and then injected um beefhook.js into assets on that site, which any user browsing that site gets hit, and then second stage they they used the seventeen year old Microsoft OLE Office exploit whatever it was. That's really funny. Use, that, uh... Again, they just use Metasploit's payload for it. They use Metasploit's. Uh, exploit module, and they use Metasploits to faulty coder to bypass so antivirus. I, I, I like um, the assets the domain because assets is obviously going to be in like the CSP headers, right? So, yay CSP headers and client side like browser shit. Like, who, who even cares at this point? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking wow, man. It just so makes me wonder. Your... Makes me wonder what compliance and standards are for these people. How they operate. Exceptions process. Yay. We cool. So, <laughs> so the next uh, thing that we had on the list as well is uh, I actually think this one was, was pretty pretty damn hilarious because the, uh, you guys have watched, I'm sure everyone's seen Iron Man at some point, some version of Iron Man. Now, Tony Stark makes weapons for the military and um, whatever. But now, because startup culture is such a thing, you too can make you can be a weapons startup yes. and uh, not be called a, you can you can not be a domestic terrorist, but I think you're still a domestic terrorist if you make bombs well, in just, your backyard. You got to get a permit for it, and then you're not a terrorist. Defense <laughs> right. contractor. Nobody yeah, knows you're putting over fifty milligrams of powder in something, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'll link I'll link this in the chat as well. Terrorists are the ones that don't pay the government when they make weapons. Sure. So, um, yeah, the U.S. Army is running a competition, a startup competition to build new weapons. So, you know, kids, get ready to lose some fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah you win. You're under arrest. Your intentions have to be right. I this... mean, it's obvious. Maybe we should go like register um, bombcrowd.com domain. <laughs> bomb crowd. That could be interpreted a number of ways. Everybody, don't worry. It's just a contest. It's like an egg drop contest, but it's a little different. Oh my god! It's just a prank. It's just a prank, bro. Yeah. Seven people. Seven people are grievously injured and have like lifetime scars. 
you, you maimed people. Write, Congratulations. Yeah, to write like a medium.com article titled How I Blew Up Apple.com. Yeah, yes. but worth it for that contract. Hey, MG just arrived. Uh, MG, like now, like you can take your exploding USB drives and instead of using like small explosives, you can just pack them full of, you know, ampho or like plastic or something and you drop them in the car park. I think my favorite the image, the image comment on this says uh, the competition is open to small businesses only. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's fucking such a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to participate in this. It's hosted by Flowers by Irene. She's, she's good at flowers. Cool. Um, so, uh, again, on the, um, on, on the state level type stuff, uh, we have uh, the NSA have been systematically moving their data to the cloud. Now, this sounds like a great idea. We know they've had uh, private clouds out in places like the middle of the Utah desert and, um, and some other places. But now it looks like that uh, they're going on to uh, partnering with some, some larger organizations to move uh, you know, what may or may not be sensitive. I don't know what the classification is, but it looks like they're moving on to, onto the clouds in the sky. Dusty Fresh is like NSA S3 buckets. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I agree. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Once they get those IAM, uh, IAM policies uh, correct, then, then it's going to be you know, not as much fun, but still like shitloads of fun, right? It's going to be like Snowden dumps every day. Like, at a certain point, if they continue. <laughs> Whatever. Do you guys see the comment near the bottom here? It says, uh, it says, it's really a hybrid of the latest and greatest commercial technology, but a lot of custom NSA technology and a lot of unique development we've done to actually create these outcomes. <laughs> wow. You know what's uh, quite quite interesting as well is hybrid cloud um, is, is pretty, it's, it's a... Uh, a less used interesting use case where you have like this offline DC that you're running, you know, like Rackspace or something maybe, like with OpenStack, and then you have your AWS plugged into that or your vSphere or whatever, like you've got your HPC center connected to your cloud and blah, blah, blah. That's like a sick back channel, right? You're like, oh, no worries. I know how to hack AWS. Oh, look, I'm inside like, you know, OpenStack now. That's cool. And all this shit's like hosted on metal inside NSA somewhere. So. Yeah, I think sounds, uh, sounds good. yeah, it's really dumb, and it's it just gives you like a central point back and a central point of failure and exposure too. You can definitely break into one of those systems and then just reverse. I don't even understand what the fuck they're talking about. It like shouldn't they be keeping this shit secret? Like seriously, why why are they giving out their plans of what they're gonna do next? Because it's on nextgov.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that's uh. Who knows? This could be a step. Uh, this could be a, a, a cloud hosting power play, where if you want to be on nextgov.cloud so that you're just as secure as the government, lol. Um, that you know they'll, they'll become a reseller. You get like cPanel boxes on nextgov. Wow. Well, that, that'll be uh, that'll be the next level. Uh, good shit. Do we have any American music we can play real quick? God bless America. America, fuck and you. And nowhere else. Yes. And nowhere else. <laughs>
All right, cool. Um, all right, so this next uh, article we have, which I'll just quickly link in that Twitch chat, is uh, mobile devices exposed to spying via malicious batteries, which is uh, not something new. I remember, like, Shell, you, you did a bit of this with the PSP and the Pandora battery. Um, but I guess this is one step further. I know Charlie Miller did some stuff again with the Apple battery on uh, the firmware as well, which turned out to be a bit crazier a few years later. But um, what do you guys think about this one? Looks pretty neat. It didn't look practical though. Like there's there's always these new interesting things that come out, um, and this one's super interesting. It looked like it was reproducible, but uh, practical. What's up, folks? Yeah, whoa! It reminds me of um, that thing about say how or so many only like, was it like five percent of CVEs ever have an actual exploit come out for them. Uh, this kind of reminds me of like one of those situations where it's a neat uh, like POC, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but it's just not like necessarily a vector that's ever going to be exploited, like in the wild. I don't think. Yeah, I think um, a, a good example of that was like the day Drown uh, was uh, made public, was the, the embargo was lifted. There was something like 20 plus, 26 maybe, uh, actually. Do we just go offline? No, I think we're good. Ah, sorry, there we go. That's just me. All right, so there was like 26 CVEs assigned to OpenSSL the same day that Drown was. And out of those, I think Drown was the only one that could be practically exploited. The rest, some of them were really academic and like really crazy stuff, but you'd have to be a nation state to ever bother with using Mino. This right here, they'd have to seize the phone and then totally like, they're using a microcontroller. I'm looking at reading the document right here. It's totally doable, but it's something you're gonna have to seize the device like beforehand, kind of like implant it, here you go. Yeah, and most devices don't have like necessarily replaceable batteries, so this is even something that uh, would really, really be you know, attacking someone with, even if they were to go to try to find a new battery for their phone. But what if they mass sold to a manufacturer? <laughs> From, uh... They've already been sold for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're in the factory uh, straight out of China. Um, I recall, like, if I if I recall correctly, the uh, the the iPhone batteries have like a header that has a bunch of extra pins, like more than obviously uh, ground and and the active pin. There's 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 like a series, there's like a whole header. Um, so I mean, while you can't really replace an iPhone battery, you sort of can if you want to open it up and fuck around. Um, and if you had someone's phone for an amount of time, I guess they could do something like that. Wow, the exfiltration rate is 0.1 to 0.5 bits per second. Sweet. Bits per second. Yeah. yeah, you just need <laughs> a password, username, and password. It's all about credentials, small information. That's big information in the end. It's just real funny to read 0.1 bits per second. <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, the LED, like, the flashing oh, LED yeah, on exactly. yeah on routers and stuff like that switches and like or, the or like the monitors from Red Balloon Security they did that same kind of concept with the microcontroller with the OSD vectors. 
think, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's like, interesting, but I don't think it's practical. I really don't. I don't think you, I don't think you'll ever see this in the wild. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems really unreliable, and like the cost of effort is way too high. I think a lot of the phones that you have a removable battery on anyway. Like a lot of these Androids, like in the photo, it's just like some HTC phone. Like there's obviously fifty other ways to own it remotely. Um, so yeah. Again, interesting. Um, okay, so um, sweet segue. Oh, my ad blockers block this one. Lovely. <laughs> All right, so uh, North Korean hackers exploit uh, HWP docs in recent cyber heists. So the Hangul word processor, which I've never used. Um, yeah, it was used some uh, to... Uh, steal some money it looks like so let me link this one to the chat and uh what do you guys think about it what the fuck is an hwp doc this is obviously some sort of i guess being north korean maybe they're they're not using the same stuff that we are um Leveraging a new ActiveX vulnerability, so I guess it's going to be a, a Windows-based uh, thing for South Korean targets. Uh, so it's probably you know ActiveX through like Internet Explorer or, or Edge or whatever you want to call it now, whatever it is. <laughs> so in South Korea, they've got their own um, Korean version of of Office called Hangul. So first, I've heard about it, but what is it called? Bungle? That seems like an appropriate Hangul. name. H-A-N-G-U-L. H-A-N-G-U-L. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's default. Yeah, I, haven't heard of, I haven't heard of that. Hangul 97. So it's interesting because we know that, like, what, what we know about um, Office uh, software in the, in the, as Western Devils, we, um, you know, we know that Office is terrible, and we know that all forms of Office are terrible. Like Google Docs and Office 365 are a bit better, but you know, uh, it's it's looked at quite a bit by a lot of researchers. There's people at Microsoft um, and and other you know LibreOffice and like those teams that are looking at security constantly. Um, I think when you get into a case where you have uh, a very specific word processor that people are using, you have less eyes on it, less people using it, um, and probably the same amount of attack surface because they'll be going for the same sort of feature set that you would you would normally have in office right i think it's probably um rebadged and rebranded labor office or open office code from a decade ago or like uh, abby word or something yeah, that's what we saw a lot in uh, in Red Star OS when there was like leaks of that came out as well. Yeah, like, it looks yeah, like the same really thing happened of here. They've sort of varied off a little bit and made their own applications more recently, but it was just um, it was just a hacky Office viewer, like a WinWord.exe. But a lot of people use it, and I mean, so they're just you're going to go after a South Korean crypto exchange uh, if you've got a zero day in a piece of client software that most office people use in South Korea. Pretty viable attack vector. Um, I mean, they got $30 million out of it, so that's... That's a significant... 
right. pretty good zero day. Yeah, yeah, another good reason I think to not use proprietary browsers, but we'll go into that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that project Spartan Cortana hooking up, making sweet, sweet nerd love. <laughs> <laughs> but um, browsers that are very specific vulnerabilities, like in in this particular instance, you're only going to be able to target people in South Korea, right? Or or expats overseas. I remember that um a few years ago, Opera Zero Days became really popular because a lot of botnet lords were using Opera, um, to avoid accidentally infecting themselves with their own bots. They they would intentionally avoid Chrome, IE, and Firefox because they'd have payloads for all of those things. They'd use Opera instead. So um, some bad boys started writing zero days for Opera to go over the, go after the botnet owners and just steal massive botnets because all these Russian botnet guys were using Opera and a specific version of Opera too for some reason. So that zero day was was infinitely more valuable than the ones these guys were using to. Build the botnets in the first place. Isn't uh, Opera's just reskinned Chrome these days, though, isn't it? I thought it was yeah, more or less. Now, now oh, that's right. Vivaldi. Didn't right, some Chinese company buy that shit? That was yeah, Vivaldi. That's like Chrome. Three sixty now or Tencent. Right. Well, one of the things that Firefox has been doing, uh, well, Mozilla have been doing with Firefox, sorry, um, is the same thing that Opera have been doing, where they want. Uh, cross compatibility between the browser extensions, and um, I believe uh, Mozilla have been dropping Zool Runner. I could be wrong, but I, I think they were moving more towards. Um, you know, I don't know if they keep. I guess they're keeping Spider Monkey and some other Mozilla specific, you know, things. But um, yeah, they wanted uh, to drop some of their more traditional stuff and get in line with everyone else, which is interesting. I mean, it's, you know, they'll be sharing code and. And, and unifying things across uh, different companies that have previously been competitors. All right, so um, I think that's the news for the week. Um, did anyone else have anything to add on uh, anything else they saw this week they wanted to, to put through before we get on to uh, some project stuff? Uh, one minor thing. Uh, Venezuela has banned Tor now. Interesting. How, how well has that worked out? Yeah. That's my question. Probably not too well. think too well. Yeah, that would be super easy to bypass. Uh, that's like the entire purpose of Tor, though. <laughs> so. They're probably yeah, banning the... port 9001 or like the easy stuff, but the OBFS or I forget what the fuck the acronym is, but um, the obfuscated uh, layer that you can I add onto. It is fairly difficult to get out of China just using default Tor browser bundle without really fucking around. Yeah, they do block like default ports like 9050 and you know, proxy ports, but there's some deep packet inspection going on there as well. Like you'll have a bridge that'll be working for a while then just drop and un uncontactable from that point forward. Sinkhole. I don't think Venezuela's got that capability though. No. Nah. Usually this stuff is just like the low hanging fruit, right? Like make it harder for the like most amount of people. I think they're just trying to That's stop it. capital flight out of their economy from all the Venezuelans 
moving money out through cryptocurrency. Is OBF four detectable though? I would imagine it probably is, but I mean, there's got to be some benefit to it, or else it wouldn't exist, right? Yeah, but you can detect you can detect based on anomalous traffic. Like if you if if you consider a home user normal traffic to be web traffic on port eighty and port three, and if there's any deviation from that, raise a, a flag. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, something weird just seen like a spike in uh, like sniffs and uh, attempts to attack at a Thailand this last week I don't know why that is but it's the volume's insanely high higher than what's coming out of Russia on uh, my sites and what I manage lately hmm. that's Thailand yeah interesting and I've never seen them like this high up at all <laughs> it's like an 800% increase I'd say and what? Wait, what's what volumes increased? Tor traffic? No, they're like sniffing and um, straight uh, straight attacks. Interesting. This is cross multiple oh, it's sites. Nappy. It's nappy. Yeah, isn't it? I've seen it across like sixteen just public instances that I have. There's a lot of Chinese mining farms based out of Thailand. Pretty juicy target. Cool. Um. All right, so let's, uh, we're a little early, but let's move on to the projects people have been doing this week. Um, we got a couple of things in the show notes. So uh, let's see, uh, who was up first? I think Dusty Fresh is he in here. Dusty Fresh isn't in here. That sucks. Oh, read me. Why don't you start off with your, uh, your fresh scam finder? Yeah, all right. Um, you guys hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll have more projects too once uh you gets gets back online. Um Yeah, I don't know, the fresh fresh scam finder. Um it's not it's not like technically impressive or anything. Uh but like like 6 months ago, um I I have some fr- I have some friends who who do uh scam baiting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but and you find some fake tech support um, phone number that's normally scamming people, and you call them up, you know, pretending that they just fished you or you landed on their web page, and you know, just waste waste their time um, just for lulls. Um, and some people do like streaming on the internet. So, uh, you know, I I got into this for a while. It's really fun. But uh, the the numbers uh, dry up, and you end up calling the same people all the time, which, in and of itself, can be a whole new like level of like messing with specific people or like asking for people by by name. But uh, what I did <clears throat> to solve this problem was uh, fresh scam finder, and. Basically, uh, you can get, you know, you can get lists of domain names, uh, like daily updated lists of all the domains that were registered on on the previous day, which is something crazy amount, like, you know, like 130,000 domains are registered, like, every day. The the lists are are massive. Um, I was getting mine from domainlists.io it's like it's like 20 bucks a month for an account there <laughs> and 
Yeah, and basically all this does is just a couple of simple scripts. Um, you know, you just come up with a couple of keywords like uh, free virus, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> and then also a couple of big companies like, you know, think Google, Apple, Yahoo, whatever. And um, I run it through the, uh, the typo squat generator. So it takes that whole word list and spits out all the possible uh, typo variations of it. And then I run it through the bit squat uh, uh, generator, which is uh, just flips all the bits um, in the word and only spits out the ones that would be like valid, uh, valid uh, domains and feed that into the third script, which is the, uh, the screenshot uh, script, which basically just goes through that that list you have. So you, so you diff, uh, you, you know, you grep, you grep that list that you have with your uh, list of newly registered domains and it spits out domains that are prob, you know, are uh, shady, like probably shady. And it just automatically checks all of those sites and if they're up, like if it gets a 200 back, it'll screenshot the website for you, put it into a folder, and then uh, and then you can just have a look. So I, by automating this process, you know, it saved, it saved a lot of time because I would just get up in the morning and uh, drink my coffee and hit go and uh, then just look through all these screenshots. And if I found one that was like, you know, your computer has a virus or, you know, call free tech support now, I'd hand the number over to my, uh, uh, my scam beating buddies, and then they'd go to go to town on them. It's pretty neat. It's a really cool idea, man. I think it's got a, it's got a ways that it could go for sure. Though. Um, what do you do about like mock phishing sites that look exactly like a Microsoft login page or something like that? Are you able to like, how are you naming your screenshots that come out of this thing? Well, yeah, I mean, it just it just names the screenshot whatever uh, whatever the domain was. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So if it's like, uh, you know, it's if it's like Google.com or whatever, you know, that's and and it looks just like Google. Then you know, you dig in dig into it. Is that bacon um, Google? Burger Google? I forget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, yeah, like I said, like this, like none of it's like technically impressive, but. Uh, it was definitely interesting uh, just seeing uh, websites the the next day after they're registered um, because you just you find so much other stuff like that's not necessarily scams, just websites that are open directories. Um, you could use the same technique for like, you know, looking for like new malware that's hosted on, you know, some. What about other white hats though? Like there are people that are sort of whiteheading it like just doing research at least like there's got to be tons of people that register known bad domains or bad looking domains and so they might even look kind of shady at first glance but they're not how do you, how do you know if you're messing with their game yeah uh i guess i guess, I guess you don't god damn it man you get what i'm getting at <laughs> Lost some good well, domains, man. So, all right, so uh, I get so uh, the story I can share, like the, the probably the best success from this little little 
little project because I did I did it for probably like three weeks, like every day, scanning all the new domains, and uh, and we got uh, this one this one website that uh, you know it looked it looked really good, you know, and it was like a, you know free tech support, blah blah blah, but it was uh, obviously a scam, and uh, they called they called them up. And it was the phone number was directed to this guy's cell phone. So they got they woke him up. He was in America. They, you know, they they woke him up. He was taking a nap. He answered the phone, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I got a, a, a virus." And he just went right into his his script, you know, of like, "Okay, you know, do this. Give me your credit card number." And uh, holy shit, that's funny. And this was the people trying to verify that he was a, a scammer whether or not he was <laughs> yeah i mean they there's there's really only like so my the skim the skim bait guys they they've gotten so deep into this that they know that there's only there's only a, a few call centers that are that are doing like 90 percent of these scams and um you know there's a couple uh like shell company like there's one based in florida that is, i don't know how they get away with this but they're just scamming people all day well, what's their name uh in florida i will get back to you on that but i can right. i can tell you it's <laughs> no it's it's really cool though read me it's a cool project and it's awesome that you've taken code yeah. to automate a piece of what you do on the day-to-day -day. and honestly overall save time so you can focus on other stuff yeah it's really cool man and we totally won't like try and do anything to the Florida people. Will they be nice? Just want to ask some questions. Just want to say some, Just want to say hello. Yeah. So, um, and if anyone else wants to jump in with one of their projects, just just stop me. But to go deeper on the on the scam baiting, you know what what these guys do once they get into someone's computer is because um, we set up like a whole VM. We we get them get them into the computer, you know, to sort of watch what they do. And when they get really frustrated, um, you know, in addition to like saying they're going to cut your fucking head off, which is like you get you get extra points if you get them to say they're going to cut your head off. Um, they'll they'll go uh, they'll try to sys key your computer, which is, you know, just basically adding it's basically like ransomware because they just add another like password to to the computer that the user doesn't know so like these guys are just locking people's computers all over america like poor little old ladies or just like people that stumbled onto one of those full uh page like blinking your computer has a virus thing you know if they don't get their money they'll just lock the person out of their computer forever damn so I made, a, uh, so I, I, I wrote, I wrote something that looks exactly like Siskey. Um, all like every little detail, except when it gets, when it gets to the part where they put in the, in the password, it's, uh, it just, <laughs> it just says like, I am a scammer and my password is this. And then if they try to like get rid of it, it just keeps popping up around the screen. Mm -hmm. That's usually when they lose their shit. <laughs>
Is it wait? Is it executing on their machines though? <laughs> That's great. No, so so like, oh. you know, they'll 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 basically like Team Viewer or like uh, whatever that uh, Citrix one is. They'll Team Viewer into this uh, virtual machine that looks like a regular computer and has like, you right, know, right. links to Coinbase and like pictures of you know pictures of women you know it just look it, they think it's a real computer it's a sandbox or what yeah yeah that's cool nice i just realized you used gecko for it too it's awesome web automation for the win <laughs> so, it's, it's, so that's like a honeypot sandbox right Radio yeah Radio. i mean well no so the yeah the thing we do with the with the scammers that was just like that's just this one like custom machine that we've set up this this was basically like the fresh scam finder part you can just run on any computer because it's just it's just basically scanning for for websites and screenshotting them we uh got a few more people that joined um since we started the show we got bon mg naffy looks like naffy's on here it's the real, a, the real naffy I don't know. Will the real Naffy please stand? Up? It is the real Naffy, but I'd like to just point out that uh, the entire name Thug Crowd is from uh, Naffy and I wearing balaclavas at conferences, and we thought <laughs> that'd be a funny hashtag. And that's where Thug. That's that's where Thug Crowd the name came from. That's great. Naffy's on mute though. Uh, cool. Well, so we have... Can you guys hear me? Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, do we just finish up the um the little like educational thing? Can uh, can I talk or should I mute myself? How does this work? Sure. <laughs> what, what do you? Yeah, have? yeah. If, if you want to share, share, share. Yeah. Um. I, I I guess I can I can give it a go. Um. So I I've literally spent like the last two weeks because um I suck at like writing code trying to like figure out how to modify all the existing existing directory brute forcing tools because they're all fucking garbage, right? Like they crash and they're, they're just awful. There's memory leaks everywhere. They don't work at scale. And I finally, I finally got this shit to work, right? So now I've cut down where, where I normally would have to use Xargs and manually babysit these fucking scans. I literally throw in 3,000 hosts and just come back to it a week later. It's great. Is it uh, open source? Um, yeah, if you want a copy of it, man, I'll sell, I can send you a copy of it. I'm not releasing it publicly because... Um, I don't know. I don't want to like um, give people my money. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Yeah, dude. That's cool though. So, uh, how much time does it actually save, or is it just? It's not saving time. It's more just saving you having to babysit it. So it's um. So to to give you an example, right? Like at the moment, I'm you know wanting to spend as little time on the computer as possible. Uh, this yeah. morning, I spent like thirty minutes. I um, ran an Nmap scan, then um, put that in a format that, that like the directory brute force could consume. Uh, ran that, that it's written in Go, so it's like it runs fucking smoothly as hell. And that did, did like two or 3,000 hosts in like, I don't know, fuck, like eight, nine o'clock, probably like six or seven hours. I, I was going to make a joke and say, is this, is this written in Go? Is it GoBuster? Um, it's, it, it's, um, it's based off of GoBuster, but it's GoBuster without all the shitty fucking issues. Nice. It, 
It's Story Master 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know Naffy, Naffy is uh, really good at bug bounties. In, in fact, incredibly good at bug bounties. But he has a few secrets that I, he's probably not going to tell you. But one of the things that he might like to talk about is uh, how automation has helped him. Yeah, um, for sure. And I, like, I'm, I'm like half asleep, but I'll throw some, um, I'll like throw some shit out there. And if anyone has any questions, I'm more than happy to share. Um, so for like bug bounties, generally, the way that I do most of what I do is I, um, I automate as much as possible because I realized really early on that there's absolutely no benefit to me spending like eight or nine hours with Burp Suite just to find like some fucking stored XSS that 30 Indians already found, right? So from there, I had to start thinking, how am I going to actually find shit that's, you know, useful, profitable in the same amount of time? And from there, I started scanning um, <laughs> ranges, automating that process, massive file and directory brute forces, and then looking at that output. And it's actually quite interesting because like most people will tell you that doesn't work and they're completely fucking wrong. Most of the people I know that do bug bounties that are making like a quarter of a million dollars a year, the majority of it is file and directory brute forcing, automated vhost enumeration, and automated subdomain takeovers. If you can, if you can rig that up, you literally will just fucking make money. That's sick. So uh, when you when you said thirty Indians, you mean twenty nine Indians and shops, right? Yeah, right. Well, sorry, <laughs> he, he, he's been in Australia since he was three. He doesn't really count, man. My racism doesn't go that far, dude. Dude, I love shops. Don't worry. You guys all right? Holy shit. It's full, uh, full house tonight. Anyway, I'm going to um, mute myself again and go like um, hit this vape a little bit. I'll be back in a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Nice. What? Right. So we got, uh, damn, everybody's piling in. Uh, there's Dusty Fresh just joined. Oh, there he is. Oh, Dusty Fresh. Dusty Fresh, welcome. What's up, man? What's up, bro? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just uh, turn the stream down in the background. That one's really quiet. I love that we have old school radio problems. Turn your radio down. Hey, so this week in the show and tell on the list, we have Dusty Fresh uh, building a simple WAF with Cloudflare's worker service. So why don't you tell us... uh, Start off with that, and yeah, I'll let you take it away. Sure. So, like, everyone knows Cloudflare. It's awesome um, to give you, like, the ability to, like, hide your IP or whatever. At least that's what skids like to do. But um, with the WAF thing that I've been working on, uh, they've introduced this new product called Workers. And full disclosure, I don't work for Cloudflare. I just tend to really like this particular product a lot. but what this worker uh, service allows you to do is run JavaScript at the edge. So you're able to use Cloudflare's um, service to uh, essentially analyze your quest and look for very specific things. Um, so I had the idea of like, hey, you know, like paying for RAF sucks, managing ModSec sucks. Um, and really just managing WAFs in general sucks. So trying to come up with something that I could blanket around, um, you know, just my personal site and things like that, uh, that would give me some logging and, and um, really just uh, look for anything that could be going on with the traffic uh, with my particular site. Um, 
I've worked in the past for hosting companies, uh, just really trying to like, you know, uh, secure things like WordPress and other shitty content management systems. Um, so uh, doing this thing with Cloudflare has been really cool because I can do everything at the edge and my 403s don't hit the back end. So I have full control over Cloudflare's API at the edge and I'm able to just, you know, like look for stupid things like common SQL injection attacks uh, or, or attempts, uh, common things that might look like, uh, you know, uh, JavaScript inside of a post request that I may not want. Um, so just typical WAF things, right? Uh, again, like th this is like a, a totally like a side project, not something that um, I would say that you use for your company or you know anything to protect something that's important, but uh, just really like a fun experiment. Um, I, I do, do you guys have a link to the the thing? We do. I'll put it in the. Uh, I'll put it in the Twitch chat as well. Cool. So what's really cool about it is they give you like this awesome uh, worker editor thing that like shows a live preview of your site. It also gives you something of uh, if you've ever worked with Postman, it's very similar to that. Um, but it's for just testing typical, you know, HTTP requests against uh, your Cloudflare Edge worker. But it's all like full control of your code in the browser. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, can definitely say that the development experience with the Cloudflare worker is uh, really awesome. Um, in terms of like logging, like logging like WAF violations or uh, events, um, that was kind of awkward, but what's really neat is, uh, and and so like wait, like let me take a, a step back here. Um, whenever I say JavaScript, I'm not saying something that runs in the end user's browser. I'm saying something that runs at Cloudflare's edge, so it runs in like an ephemeral uh, ephemeral environment. So it's not something that uh, a browser uh, can just turn off. It's always going to run at the uh, the edge. So even if your user's um, browser doesn't support JavaScript, that doesn't matter. It's just JavaScript for looking at the actual HTTP request, not necessarily actual like DOM-based things or anything like that. Um, so logging is a little bit awkward, um, but what's really neat about the uh, worker service is that you can send a post request every time you get a request. So like you can send a post request with JavaScript to like look at something like, let's say you wanted to like hit Simon and look at like a reputation for an IP address. Um, Another common issue that people have is like logging the real IP of a visitor um, if they're using Cloudflare because Cloudflare is forwarding the, the traffic right via a proxy. So uh, a, a lot of hosting companies may not give you the ability to look at the X forwarded for header for uh, the, the X forwarded for HTTP header. Um, so you can use the worker to sort of like man in the middle of your own thing there. Uh, so however you want to log, you can do that. So in my like shitty WAF thing that I've been working on, um, I've just been using Logly and sending things to the HTTP, um, fuck, what's it called? Forgot the uh, log endpoint. So basically just send a post request over to the Logly log endpoint and then I can start storing things that are uh, uh, WAF violations. Um, in my code, I try to introduce 
um, sort of like a scoring system. It's very rudimentary. Um, a, a lot of different WAF uh, technologies uh, allow you to score your signatures based on how, like different things that you, you may find uh, in, in the violation. Um, I know Naxi allows you to do that. Um, I'm more experienced with Naxi than I do with mod security, but uh, a lot of it you can just like sort of wait request based on however you, however you want to write your signatures. Um, Again, just doing all this in JavaScript was really weird. Um, so it was never something that I ever thought I would write in JavaScript. Looking for things like null bytes and post requests, uh, you know, just typical bad strings that you would see uh, that, you know, typical things a WAF would look for. Um, again, you know, it being a WAF, there's there's always ways that you can evade a WAF, right? It's, it's a constant cat, uh, cat and mouse game. But Nonetheless, it was still fun to write. Um, so, uh, also, you have to pay like five dollars a month for the Cloudflare Worker service. Um, but to me, it's been totally worth it. Just seeing like the random things that I've seen come through, uh, being able to write, you know, like, hey, if you see this particular user agent, like, do this thing. Um, it doesn't have to like send it to a log. You can have it text you. Um, so there's so tons of things you can do. So with the WAF thing, though, like, can you feed it off? So you said. Yeah, like you can have a text, like you said, but can you feed it off into like Elk or like Splunk or other stuff as well? Like, is that a option? Um, I, I would think so. So basically with the Logly endpoint, the thing that I use to log my particular WAF violation events, um, I was just sending that with a post request. So it's very, uh, so like anytime you get a request and it violates a specific rule, you can say, hey, send a post request to this other service and you know, send whatever data that you want. So like whatever logic you run in the Cloudflare worker container, it's totally ephemeral, but you can send things off site and have it stored in whatever you're using. Cool, yeah, so I think- Can you send um, it to another service like off Cloudflare? No, yeah, totally. Like that, that that's exactly what uh, I, I did in my proof of concept here with uh, logging my WAF events is I just had it send the entire HTTP request with the post request payload to Logly. So that way I can look at, okay, like here are my rules and I can look at like whatever rules were violated. I can look at whatever like post payloads or get, get parameters I wanted to look at that were violated that match my rules. So I can tweak my rules afterwards or see like, oh, hey, that's really interesting. Let me investigate more. Um, we actually are just going to quickly, sorry to interrupt, but we're going to quickly switch our DR recovery, uh, uh, sorry, our disaster recovery back over. DR finished, and we're just going to flip back to the stream if you're ready to go with that. Wait, what? Well, we've got it in plan. It's okay. Sorry, let's keep going until uh, until you return. So what, what functionality are you like wanting to add to this in the future? Uh, for like the for, for the WAF workers thing with Cloudflare? Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, uh, I mean, j just having like the ability to run JavaScript in, in a firmware environment at Cloudflare's edge to me is really cool. And also having the ability to send post requests to other services as I get requests in without having things hit my, uh, 
that without having requests hit the back end, I think is really interesting. So for example, if you had a, a very large budget and there was a specific um, signature traffic that you wanted to block, you could totally do that at Cloudflare's edge and have it not even hit your your origin. Um, so that way, like Cloud, you can pay Cloudflare to take the brunt of the hit or of whatever it is that that's happening. Um, and again, that sounds like a you know a, a situation in which you give Cloudflare money. But for me, it's uh, being able to use Cloudflare and being like, cool. I I can like look. I can basically analyze my request at Cloudflare's edge, which is something you would typically be able to do running your own web server. Um, but using something like, you know, Cloudflare is awesome because they have all their like attack traffic that they've analyzed. So they've got like great signatures and all that other stuff, but like being able to sort traffic and direct it how you choose and also have the ability to uh, use Cloudflare's API to say like, hey, this is a malicious thing or like, hey, um, block this, I, I think is interesting. Oh, yeah. um, I, was, I was just saying like in the future, like, future functionality that you were like looking to add uh, if you, I don't know if you were like going to continue writing this project or whatnot. Right. Uh, yeah. There's totally different uh, things that I could see adding. So for example, instead of only looking at get and post request, uh, looking at things like the user agent, um, also having signatures that look at um, um, I'm, I'm not sure, like uh, the the cookie header, right? Looking for things, you know, like different, like malicious uh, parameters that could potentially be there. Um, what else? Uh, and, and another thing that you could do is you could send the payload off off site and analyze it with something like Yara. I thought that could be really interesting. So you you basically could create a Yara service that uses um, Flask and Python's Yara module to analyze, you know, whatever sort of information you want to send off sites so that you can send data as a post request and just return something based off of whatever signature you, you hit with the, the Python Yara module thing that you want to run. That, that could also be interesting. Hell yeah. Hey, guys, um, we can get out of failover mode now. So give me one second, everybody who's watching. Um, I'm going to switch over, and it should be like one second. Doing it live. <laughs>